another job of work. This was about my dad. It had to be spot on. Then I met Mike Wadding, the director, and Paul Reed, the military historian, and I warned to them both at once. They absolutely understood my reservations and totally reassured me about everything. I was also encouraged to learn that the other names in the series included Anne Widdicombe and Paddy Ashdown, and I knew that those two would certainly never accept half measures. Mike promised me every programme would be done with great care and sensitivity, and I trusted him instinctively. My intuition was correct. As we travelled together through Normandy and on up towards the Rhine, I became very close to Mike and Paul. Although they'd never met my father, it was obvious that they respected and rated him for what he and so many others endured. They saw the infantrymen as the bravest of them all. So it was that for the first time I started to piece together just what hell my father must have gone through in the war years. I saw the beach where he landed on D-Day. I saw where half a regiment was wiped out in minutes trying to cross the River Seine. I saw the place in Holland where they took out two German strongholds in a single mad night. I saw the spot where he crossed the Rhine into Germany. I saw the town of Cleve, where he experienced the most savage house-to-house, hand-to-hand, fixed bayonet fighting. Every morning as we got up to start filming, it was for me an extraordinary voyage of discovery. What seemed particularly extraordinary was that the discoveries about my dear dad's experiences were being made in places that were now lush green meadows smelling of cut grass and wild flowers with birds singing in the woodlands all around us. It was surreal to think that just sixty years earlier, this same peaceful countryside had just been a sea of thick mud and minefields, with the only sounds the rattle and roar of the guns, and the only smell the sickly sweet stench of death. The final film was beautifully put together, and is a real tribute to the man. We had a family viewing where I and all of my own kids, his grandchildren, came together to watch it. It was very teary, but we all agreed it had been well made, and it had been worth doing. One sadness was that Mum never lived to see it. She'd been ill for a long time, but had hung on bravely, hoping to at least listen to the film on television, because her old eyes could no longer see. I'd been able to tell her so much that I'd learned while I was away filming and I was amazed how little of it Dad had shared even with his own wife of sixty years. She was thrilled with each new detail I'd bring her back from filming in France and Germany. Mum hung on and hung on, in and out of hospital, with an army of carers around her twenty-four hours a day, but in the end she quietly gave in, leaving us on the 10th of April 2012. Hero in the family aired just ten days later. By the time the film had gone out, I'd already resolved to try to write this book. I'd learned so much new information about my father's war from my experiences with Channel 5, but it had only made me hungry for more. It had opened things up just enough, but there were so many huge gaps that I wanted to fill in. I went to the Royal Berkshire and Wiltshire Museum at Salisbury, and they were wonderfully helpful, as I ploughed through mountains of regimental paperwork. I've read every note, every order, and every payslip issued during the Second World War that they hold there, 
I spent hours at the National Archive at Kew and waded through even more mountains of paperwork and computer discs at the Imperial War Museum. In addition, I've read countless war books, including biographies, autobiographies, and regimental histories. But, above all, I needed to speak to people who'd been there in France, people who'd served with Dad, and this was always going to be my biggest problem. I'd known so many as a kid growing up, but now they were nearly all gone. To have fought on D-Day as a young man now, you have to be around 90 years old, so clearly there were not going to be many veterans still alive. In nearly two years of research, I found just five, but they are five wonderful survivors from an amazing breed of men, and without their help, I could never have completed this book. Robert Perver, Doug Botting, Mike Pardo, Bill Pike, and Donald May's memories are interspersed throughout this book. I am enormously grateful for their assistance.